Hey, I'm Asher. And I'm Jackson. And what you're about to listen to is Strictly Confidential. We've recorded 28 episodes now. We're on episode 28. And uh, at the beginning, we always talk about how our week's going, what we're doing. Turns out there are only 27 interesting things about me because I am dry. I have nothing. The the well has run dry. Yeah. So now we're you gonna. Don't, you don't have. You don't got anything else. No, I mean we're gonna talk about the weather. Let's be. Uh, we're gonna have to fall back on what the normies do. It's uh, cold outside. That's uncomfortable. It's pretty cold here too. Although the weather here is as dramatic as possible. Like I woke up this morning and brewed myself a cup of coffee and walked outside with my dog, and it was 26 degrees, and I was butt naked. <laughs> Why, why did you feel the need to impress your dog? Like your dog has fur. You don't need, that's not how you're going to assert your dominance. I just hadn't put clothes on for the day yet. But then later, what I mean by it being dramatic was that when I got in the car to like go to lunch or earlier this afternoon, it was like 56 degrees. Why has it got to be changing so much? I don't have that many outfits. Way to turn it around Tuesday. Yeah. So you're the and kind so of that- person who can handle extreme. Okay. And first of all, don't just do the opposite of whatever season it is. Can you handle extreme cold or extreme hot better? Uh, extreme cold, without a doubt. Really? I, yeah, I. that's probably the main reason I was excited to move away from Texas. Okay. Uh, is because cold I like. I have a lot of really cool jackets and stuff and beanies and stuff. And so dressing in the cold is always good. But in the heat, and remember, I went camping on average every month because I was an Eagle Scout and we're going to talk about this every episode because you made fun of me for talking about it too much. Now you're just going to lean on into it? Now I'm just going to lean on into it. So I went camping almost every month in Texas most of the time. Camping in Texas is awful. Not, Not always, but it can be so awful because you're like one time when I was camping, it was 110 degrees outside at night. And so you are butt naked laying on top of a sleeping bag still drenched in sweat. Just looking like a marinated snack for any. If you're, yeah, if you're cold, you can layer yourself with a ton of stuff. Sleeping bags are built for the cold and stuff like that. And so, I mean, in real life, like outside of camping as well, I can just toss on a bunch more layers and be fine. I would much rather my hands be a little cold than every part of my body seeping sweat. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely the logic that I used to use, but... uh I, it's definitely easier to whatever season it is, you're always wanting the opposite. So I believe you since it's freezing and you're still like, yeah, I can handle the cold. Because when I'm just absolutely sweating every single toxin and nutrient in my body out, be, being freezing sounds great. But uh, realistically, my heat tolerance is through the roof. And I got that through not having air conditioning in my car. Yeah, I, I had the same boat because my first car was an old 80s car. And so it did not have air conditioning in the summer of whatever summer it was in Austin. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you, if you live in Minnesota long enough, like, your, your cold tolerance increases. I had just, like, crash course. If I didn't build up heat tolerance, I would perish. Because I drove to New Mexico, 10-hour drive with no AC. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I think the first time I actually enjoyed warm weather was a couple months ago. Because I had grown up in Texas and lived through summers and winters and springs where the average heat was like 90 the whole time i think a couple a couple months ago i like walked outside and it was like a nice like pleasant warm temperature 
and it wasn't humid or anything. It was just delightful weather. And I remember thinking, this is this is warm and comforting. I like this. Yeah, nice weather is nice. Somehow we started talking about weather legitimately and not as a joke. Yeah, did you have a bit for that? Or were we just supposed to talk about weather? My bit was that weather is not interesting, but then it ended up being a good conversation between friends. Well, since we started off this topic talking about how we've been doing this for... 27 weeks, 28 now, we can talk about time a little bit as today's topic. Sure. Did, did you see that? I did an Asher-style transition. And it was pretty good. Uh, today's topic is the time cube. I've seen this pop up a bunch of different times uh, in different spaces, but every time I've looked into it, it's been a little bit more daunting than I've been interested in. But today, for you, Asher, and for our audience members, I've decided I would actually dive in a little bit. Nope, shut the podcast off. This is just for me. And we're going to completely move on from the fact that you said podcast. I know. The time cube is a theory that was created and propagated by former electrician Gene Ray. It was his insistence that the world's smartest scientists were hiding the fact that four simultaneous days occur during a single rotation instead of just... A lot to unpack there. Yeah, and... The frustrating thing about this is that we're not going to be able to unpack much of that because he's the only one who really has this and he doesn't explain it very well. But I wanted to quickly preface this with the fact that this guy is interesting and we're going to talk about him a lot today. But I want to make sure that our audience knows and you know that I know that this guy's a super big racist. Okay. He's just a bad person and I want everybody to know that before we dive in. We don't have to add anything to that. I just wanted that preface there. All right. So, I mean, I... I'm already kind of positioned to not agree with his claims. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different because I'm not going to try and convince you of his claims because his claims are so are pretty incoherent. A lot of this is just learning about this guy. And what's interesting is that he was actually respected. So he was respected in this belief enough to give lectures about it. He gave a lecture at the Massachusetts and Georgia Institutes of Technology on the topic. But most of his research is recorded on his self-made website, where he's confident enough to reward anyone who can disprove his theory $10,000. Wow. Um, And so it's interesting to me because he actually like truly believes that much that what he is thinking here about four consecutive days has to be true. Okay, let's get into a little bit of his reasoning before I start raising a lot of obvious questions. So the most frustrating thing about this theory is that his website and ramblings are really just incoherent rambling. A lot of people believe that he's not trying to prove anything about the time cube itself, but is instead trying to convince people not to trust everything, which is something I support uh, as well. Okay, well, all right. So he's trying to set an example for not believing everything you read by intentionally spouting drivel and nonsense. Yeah, that argument falls apart pretty quickly as well, yeah. Especially because his arguments aren't like, be hesitant believing the government. His arguments are like quotes like this. Ignorance of a four-day harmonic cubic nature indicts humans as unfit to live on Earth. Smokescreen of sciencey sounding words. He's a genius. And so a lot of his a lot of his website is like that, and it's kind of terrifying to look at. Because his background on this website is like a light blue grid. And then in big, big letters, it says stuff like, First word said that only one day could be used on Earth to not change the one day marshmallow. So they applied the one day and ignored the other three days. 
You know how like when it zooms into the baby's head and he's the baby's watching his parents talk and the parents are like blah 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 because the baby can't understand them. Yeah. I think that he wants us to believe that that's the case. That like I'm so intelligent that what I'm saying sounds like nonsense to you. So what's so interesting to me about this whole theory and what's what got me interested in it is that people who study and write about the theory aren't writing about the theory itself. What they're writing about is the website. To the point where the Wiki if you search on Wikipedia Timecube, it only references Timecube as the website itself. I'm not sure I understand. So when we talk about something like um, Jay-Z is a time-traveling vampire, we're going to talk about whether or not Jay-Z is a time-traveling vampire and the arguments about that. And if you looked at an article about that, it would be talking about the possibility of Jay-Z being a time-traveling vampire, right? Okay. Here, nobody is talking about the arguments of the time cube or the arguments of the reasoning behind the time cube existing. Everybody is talking about the website of the time cube and the history of that website. Okay, so it's just the fact that this exists at all. To the point where Verge Media, but had a piece um, in 2015 that talked about, or that referenced time cube as arguably one of the most notorious single web pages online. Because... It's pretty crazy how in-depth this website gets. It's like, it is mostly just words. I just scrolled through the, the whole website and I saw probably seven photos, but it takes probably 50 scrolls to get all the way to the bottom. It's a long, long website with a ton of text that's all intense. But most of what people are writing about are how crazy this guy Gene Ray is. Um, so I mean, he's got to, his branding right. He's got the he's got the ugly website. He's an old white guy. He's got charts and graphs that are difficult to decipher. He's got polarizing opinions. Get this man a TED talk. Are you looking at his website? I am. I'm trying to. It's like 72 point font. Also, so yeah, it's not it's not helpful that I can actually let me check the size of this font because it is buck wild 36 point uh i guess i'm picking a specific section this section looks like it if that one's 32 this is 48 that's not interesting conversation um it is i, th I think i mean i think it's interesting that this guy's clearly trying to reach the page count like minimum of his thesis paper like yeah, right, he's like all right, is, margins four inches this guy is clearly trying to get a message across with this website and that's what's so interesting to me about all of these like exclusively HTML pages and exclusively Word pages is that these are people, and I don't, we've said this a lot, but these are people who don't care at all what their message looks like or whether or not their message is like has advertisements or anything. Like this guy paid for his website to be up exclusively for the purpose of this information being shared. That's the fastest way to get it out there, man. Um, and according to this page, there are certain like, a couple small points that he brings up. The whole general idea of his topic is that the Greenwich Mean Time, or GMT, as most people would call it, which is basically what we understand as our structure of time globally nowadays, is nonsense. And the idea is instead that four separate days are happening at the same time following four parts or four uh, visible edges of Okay, how how is this not what we've been talking about the whole time? We really got off on the websites there, but this guy's trying to convince us that there are four days and there's a cube that 
proves it? Or... So the reason the reason it's hard to explain is because the way he explains all of this is the is in completely incoherent words. Like he says, Earth has four days simultaneously each rotation. You erroneously measure time from one corner. Each body four corner time equals four leg mobility. Your ignorance of harmonic cube is demonic. So like, yes, I understand visually what he is saying loosely. Like if I have a cube and I pick a side and start at those four corners and work to the opposite side, those four lines go in the sa same direction. But what the heck does that have to do with time? <laughs> there's, there's a gap that's not being bridged here. And I read an insane amount of his website, and I don't think there's a sentence in here that makes sense. Here's a, here's a sentence from the website. Marshmallow a lie and word is lie. <laughs> God is born of a mother. She left belly bee signature. Every <laughs> priest has that. a ma sign, but lies to honor unicorn. Okay. This next paragraph is the one that I think is supposed to explain it all. I didn't realize that he wasn't trying at all. Your dirty lying teachers use only the midnight to midnight one day, ignoring three other days. Time to not foul marshmallow time. Lie that corrupts earth, you educated, brilliant fools. I think we're giving a lot of airtime to uh, the world's oldest internet troll. Unless you believe this guy really believes what he's saying. So this guy ran this website for a period of like a long time. Let me let me get back to the Wikipedia page. But he updated this website constantly and would run it. He ran it from 1997 to when he died in 2015. Oh man, he passed on, huh? Yeah, and what's crazy about his passing is that... Um, this is his where, legacy. We're looking at it. That's part of it. But what's crazy is that he died March 18th, 2015, but his followers interpret any that he died any dates from March 16th through the 20th. Well, then they his clearly website, aren't paying attention to what he was saying because he didn't say, he said four days happened simultaneously. So to me, that means that he died four times in one day. See, but to me, that means he died any time in those four days because what he imagines as like November 1st through 4th is just one mass of time. Well, clearly you're incorrect because we see here four sixteenth of cube divinity equals four <laughs> days. And that's erroneous because you are here and there's a very convenient arrow pointing to where you are in the universe, which is the middle, so of, a, middle of a day and there's like four numbers around it. This photo and... If you saw on our Instagram, this will be the photo that is on, on our Instagram today, is a photo of what must be this man standing next to a cube that he must have made in paint with word art next to it that says nature's harmonic simultaneous four day time cube. And it, this is all just like all of, all of what we're saying right here is straight from the website and straight nonsense. But what's kind of crazy is that this website has such a cult following that after he died, um, the website was the website domain name expired in August 2015, and the website was archived by the Wayback Machine, which is like a backup of the internet, I guess, um, in January of 2016, and has been maintained to this day. So we're looking at something that was so important that people brought it back after this guy passed on. And then another, yeah, I mean it's it's just pretty wild, right? 
it's a, it's an absolute assault on the senses. But what I'm actually honing in on, on now is I'm wondering if really the the conspiracy is whether or not this guy ever exists. Well, here's a button. Meet Dr. Gene Ray. Let's click on it. Oh, I oh on man, it I think he was a real person. Because judging by just the site alone, this could have been a, this could have been a clickhole article. Like he almost looks like a stock image. This guy, but it so seems as though uh, he has a YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, there's photos of this man talking and seems to be of uh, relatively good health. Yeah, so this is apparently a real fella, and uh, apparently he only ever wore this white polo that says Time Cube. And this white hat that says time. He's got the branding figured out. Uh, I wonder who we should get into contact with to start selling this as Strictly Confidential merch. Because it is so good. So good. Normally you would um, not want to have just, just spend a lot of time describing visuals in an audio format like a podcast. But what you immediately picture in your head is exactly what it is. And if you don't believe us on that, I highly recommend you Google Time Cube. And then click on the second link, timecube.2enp.com, and just look at this. It's it's pretty incredible. And yeah, do you have anything else on that? It's just, it's wild to me. I just want to get real with you, Jackson. I want you to level yeah. with me. Is this a sad story? Is this a crazy man that the meme culture enabled into like falling into his own madness? Like, did he need help and then never got it? Or is he himself aware that his own insanity is the source of his popularity and he just kept milking it. Or third option that I don't want to believe is that he discovered the truth about how time works and he just didn't have the proper words to explain it. Like someone who has seen the face of God and tries to explain it in words and it just sounds like nonsense. So let me be real with you and actually take this to a more prestigious level than most episodes we've had so far. And it makes me think of the book Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah, that's because right. We read. I know. It's surprising, we, but he and I both we read. We have read books, and it hurts me that you think we haven't. But Slaughterhouse-Five uh, by Kurt Vonnegut was written right after he returned from the bombing in Dresden because he was in World War II, I believe. Yeah, World War II. So he was in a bunker in the bombing of Dresden. And a lot of people, the whole book is written where about a guy who was in a bombing in a war and then was captured by aliens that were time travelers. And a lot of people believe that Kurt Vonnegut truly believed that this was the true reality because of how much PTSD he had and was writing this as an audio autobiographical account of his uh life man that kind of bums me out it's it's super sad but it's written and it it makes me think that that could be a possibility here i think more likely this is a guy who had a website or who had an idea and thought why don't i try and put this into words and then try it a bunch of different times and put all of the attempts in that on this website but then never did anything like i don't i don't think this is I don't think this guy was struggling with anything beyond trying to figure out a way to make the... I don't think he truly believed it or anything. I think this I is like know. a post-studio art piece, almost. It kind of has become that, at least. I don't know. I'm looking at this and I see the, the, this assault of text that says, Belly button logic works. When do teenagers die? 
Adults eat teenagers alive. No record of their death. Father-son image, not God's. Every man born of woman. Mm, snaps for that. If I was in a coffee shop, I would be like, wow. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't know what we can do with this other than just admire how much work was being put into this, right? Yeah, I mean, if, if, if I can be almost a little pretentious, I do kind of treat this as art because it is someone's creative work that has definitely put me in an altered state. I definitely feel different than how I felt when I came into this site. Yeah, me too. Well, I think, I think lastly for this, I wanted to read the wildest line or phrase I've read on this whole website. All right, that's saying a lot. I'm bracing. Life is pulsing opposite mirror pairs. Death is oneness of godism. One does not exist except in a death state. One is a demonic religious lie. This guy was a prophet. This site is a collection of data for a coming book. Peruse it. No, <laughs> no human has two hands as they are opposite, like plus and minus that cancel as entities. That's amazing. Okay, we need to stop because otherwise we are, <laughs> we are going to just read the entirety of this website. You know how quick you could sign me up for audible.com if we had this man reading his own content off this website and that was just the entire audiobook? He gets much angrier as you go further down. You snot brains will know hell for ignoring time. Don't you get it? I do not promote or suggest anyone kissing you, but you are unfit to live on earth. I think what really happened is this man copy and pasted his favorite section of Macbeth and he just put it into Google Translate four or five times and then just posted that to a website and then was surprised but delighted when he became a celebrity overnight. Well, I think it's about time we put your cold tolerance to the test. Bundle up, because it's about time we hit the Snopes. <laughs> Pigs don't sweat, Jackson. There's an animal fact for you. Did you know this? No, but I... Well, that's embarrassing no. for you. Everyone knows that. And elephants don't sweat either, hence the mud bats. But uh, pigs don't sweat, and therefore, they're more likely to harbor parasites or other toxins. That's what makes them unhealthy to eat. Is that the purpose of sweat? To get rid of toxins? The purpose I of sweat is to keep sense. you cool, which is yeah. why elephants and pigs jump in the mud puddles so they can bathe themselves in that, like extra layer that protects them from the sun. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. But it is pretty widely believed that the process of sweating eliminates toxins and is good for you, right? You've definitely heard that before. I mean, that's why a sauna exists. So a pork yeah. has a long history of being maligned as an unhealthy and unclean meat, primarily due to beliefs expressed in ancient religious texts. While the modern era seems, uh, well, in the modern era, some armchair scientists have attempted to provide scientific explanations for the same beliefs. So here's a Facebook post going going straight to the experts. Pork lovers out there, just stop. Pigs do not sweat. So all the bacteria stays inside their body and turns into parasites. White specks. Can we go ahead? Can we take a small step back? I understand you're in the middle of this, but really people who are arguing that pork is like a dirty meat. Their first argument is that pigs don't sweat? Nope, full steam ahead. White specks in the meat are worms that attack the digestive system and the brain when too much pork has been consumed. The Bible forbids us from eating swine. There it is. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. 
I've, I grew up around people who would probably believe stuff like that. But do pigs sweat? No, they don't. So that's actually true. That's, that's not really what we're debating here. But uh, can pig sweat actually remove parasites from a pig's body? So, uh, no. That part is also false. So that's obviously crazy. But let's meet in the middle. Are pigs dirtier because they're not having toxins removed from their body through sweat? That's kind of a more difficult answer. Or, that one's not immediately obvious. Do you want me to answer? I'm not sure. I mean, I guess I just want you to weigh in on whether or not, it, it, at least on the surface level, it makes sense. Because there is at least some kind of logic that this Facebook post is spouting. That, like, well, they're not sweating out the bacteria or the toxin, which makes it a dirtier. So, I think from a more serious standpoint of that, I think I've brewed kombucha a decent amount. And the whole point of brewing kombucha is that I'm creating a culture of bacteria that feeds into this tea, which convinced me of something that I think I knew, but that bacteria isn't inherently a bad thing. Sure. No, absolutely not. Body needs and that. So I, and so I think it's it probably applies similarly to pigs too, in that if there is bacteria in there, it might not be bad for human consumption. Yeah, but what about toxic materials, heavy metals and uh, bisphenol A or BPA? That's a chemical found in plastic, and that's been detected in sweat. You just wanted to say bisphenol so you'd sound more impressive, right? Sure did, because I sounded like a dummy at the start. Padcast. It's only popular <laughs> folk medicine. The notion that the human body purges toxins by sweating them out. And this was the part that upset me the most. Because I definitely bought into the idea that sweating was good for you. Maybe it is for other reasons, but it's not to get toxins out of your body. Although several chemicals, some of which could be accurately described as toxins, can be found in human sweat. No scientific study has indicated that this could be or is likely a significant mechanism for exceeding dangerous substances that's still left to your kidneys and that's still left to your liver. Those are the main organs that remove toxins from your body, not sweat. Okay. So there I, I was, I have... sitting my butt down in a 180 degree sauna, thinking that I was doing something to better myself, but I was really just being miserable for the sake of it. Of course, sweating I... does make you feel good. I don't know what that is. If it's just making you dehydrated, I probably wouldn't feel better after being in a sauna. But uh, either way, it's not pulling dangerous metals out of my body. I feel like, though, typically your body does things that are good for it. Like, the natural things your body does is good for it. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, like, my body naturally at some point will poop. Yeah, but I've also had the hiccups before, so I don't really know if uh, this whole system is really rigged in a way that always benefits me. I guess that's a pretty good counter-argument. I feel like, though, and this yes is entirely a feeling because I don't know science at all, but I I feel like sweating can be actually valuable for you because every time, or I guess both times I've exercised in my life, I have sweat as well. And I think exercise is good for you. No, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's, as, a, as a peripheral, sweating is great because it means you're doing physical activity. But if you want to go sit in a hot room that's uh, colored gold because apparently the gold sends out good vibes or good juju or whatever, spa castle. But uh, I don't really know if the act of just sitting and sweating is in and of itself good for you. Yeah, I guess I don't either. I mean, it cools you down and that's the real, that's the real purpose, but subjecting yourself to more heat for the purpose of sweating, I don't know. I don't know, I don't actually just sit down in saunas ever, so this doesn't super apply to me. I wish I had more there. I, I, I ended that sentence thinking more of this 
will come from my mouth. More content will happen here. But I, I mean, I genuinely don't go to spas, don't go to saunas. Maybe I should, but I don't. And so I don't really, I'm not worried about deciding to stop sitting in rooms where I am intentionally sweating. But we do know that you have gone camping in 110 degrees in the summer in Texas. So you've experienced pretty much the same thing. Yeah, that's true. I thought maybe you we could do a there. little more learning, and I tried to Google, uh, is sweating good for you? First line of this article, sweating is one part of puberty, and I'm out. And close. Thank you for trying to teach me something. I will leave it to be a mystery. I just Googled, sweat is good. And let's see what this first article is. Oh, no, well, it's the same just... one you found. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really leading search, too. Like, you're just, that's confirmation bias. Sweat is good. Okay. Tell me why. Sweat is good or bad? Tell me. Let's find out. 11 reasons why sweating is good for you. Uh, so nope. I'm not going to act like you can now have a processed pepperoni pizza and feel fantastic afterwards. You're not going to get a parasite. And while pigs, uh, maybe we shouldn't eat them for other reasons, they're just fine, even, to, even if they don't have sweat glands. Well, that's enough for me to get hot dogs for dinner. <laughs> that can't be your closer. Well, we have stuff after this. Oh, we do. But I mean, like, if you need to transition out, we can just go whoosh. Oh, man, I no, did a cool I... backflip. We're at the bottom of the slope now. No, I want that to be my closer. Right. We're at the bottom of the slope, and I'm going to have a hot dog. Got to get some of that energy back. You know it. Well, let's go head on back to the lodge. We can warm up around the fire and uh, listen to Glenn Merle. Here he's playing tonight. Hope he plays Threadbare. That's my favorite song. It's also our theme song. You can get it on Spotify and iTunes and other music services. And glimmerlmusic.com. Also, that Hit the Snopes theme song, that was by Connor Voigt, friend of the show, friend of the Asher, and we're always appreciative to him for making that for us. Yeah, it's just spectacular. Like, I really, genuinely have listened to it multiple times outside of producing this show. Uh, and then, yeah, so if you want to follow us on any social media, we've got a Twitter at SConfidenceShow and an Instagram at StrictlyConfidential. If you want to shoot us an email or... Tell us about what sweat does for us. Uh, shoot it to us at strictlyconfidentialshow at gmail.com. If you want to be on the show, please be on the show. We would love to interview you. Tell us about your favorite uh, Sasquatch experience. I don't know. That would have been a good name for this show. <laughs> My favorite Sasquatch. My favorite Sasquatch experience. Uh, but yeah, uh, do we have anything else? I mean, I'm supposed to tell them that they needed to uh, talk to their best friend. Oh, yeah, do that. Tell them that. Talk to your best friend about Strictly Confidential. Friends don't let friends not listen to quality podcasts. And friends don't let friends not review quality as well. I've heard that said, actually. Yeah, weird PSA. It's a very specific PSA that I feel like is only targeted to a couple people. But if you have friends and they like this show, intimidate them into review. <laughs> I intimidated Asher into recording this with me, so something works. Guys, if you can hear me, you gotta call. Listen, Jackson, I have the microphone muted. Jackson can't hear me. You guys have to. Look, you don't understand. Well, this has been Strictly Confidential. I've been Jackson. And I've been Asher. And as always, stay quadrilateral. That actually was a pretty good one. Yeah.